0: And welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Work Hour Brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California And online at LuckyMojo.com I'm your announcer, Poppenny, of Poppenny.com in Omaha, Nebraska And in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California And Conjurman Ali of TheConjurman.com in Mission Viejo, California This week, we'll be joined by a guests from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, Miss Elvira of Elvira.com in Santa Rosa, California bring us today's topic on to The Harvest. Afterwards, they'll take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African American folk magic practices of voodoo, conjure, or rootwork as divined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who filled out a short questionnaire at the Lucky Mojo Forum at Com and call into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in
1: just a moment, but first, let's catch up
0: with our co-hosts, Miss Kat and Gondraman Ali. Miss Kat?
1: Hi, Papa Newt. How are things in, uh, in Omaha? I know you had your big Mystic Fest. How did that go for y'all?
0: that went really really well um it was it was very busy <laughs> um but yeah it's just i'm still kind of recovering from it but it was a good time reading uh being of service to people uh providing uh showing people some new little products and uh yeah it's a good time
1: <laughs> yeah well i saw some of your posts on facebook you were posting um a lot of uh bulk herbs and and roots it looked yep. great uh, love to see I love to see that stuff getting out into the world. So that was very cool. Um, wow. Well, I'm glad you all had a good time in Omaha. It's, uh, that annual Mystic Fest is a a, a good big deal there, and um, we have our own annual shows here in Santa Rosa. And we're going to talk about them a little bit later too. But um, I'm going to talk a little bit about what's been going on here at the shop. Um, we've been working hard. We are working so hard, in fact, that the people who have been to the shop and have seen what we call the line, which is the line of boxes of products that are made to go out by mail order, but they haven't yet had all their products made because we make everything by hand. The line has sometimes been so long, it goes all the way um, through the lab, then it goes out by the um, The door to the bathroom, then it goes down by the tarot cards, then it goes down through the whole book department, then it goes through the pharmacy department, then it goes through the whole mineral department, then it goes through the soap department, then it goes to the Chinese pharmaceuticals department. It jumps the front door, jumps. The statue of Dusty, and then it goes down all the way down the front of the uh, imported incense sticks, and also our herb baths, and it goes all the way down into the amulet aisle and turns the corner in the amulet aisle, and has even turned and come back up the amulet aisle. Well, that's a thing of the past. We are working very well now. We've got a really good system down, and today is Squeaky Sunday, so on Sundays we're just making those. Uh, boxes up that just need the one thing rather than, um, you know, making that we need to make um, 12 of them or 15 or 180 or whatever it may be. We just make those boxes that are missing one thing, one, oh, you know, influence bath crystal, and we're out of them. Rather than wait for all the batches of those to be made, we just make the one, and we're ready to go. So those are called the squeaks, like the squeaky wheel gets the grease. And it's Squeaky Sunday. And um, when I left the shop last night... The line was only exactly halfway down the book department. And for those of you who know the shop, you know that's good. That's good. We always have a line. (laughs) We always have a line, but we're doing good. And I have great hope that we're going to do some catch-up because on Monday I am starting a one-week apprenticeship program, and that apprenticeship program is to teach my graduate students how to make products, and,, uh, like I sometimes say, yes, I'm rearing my own competitors, but I'm not going to be in this business forever. Nobody is, so better to be a teacher than to go out you know like an old miser, holding everything to your chest and mumbling to yourself so um the people who take my course and graduate are entitled to come for free and study with me. It's absolutely free, but there is a hitch, you have to work for me while you're learning. It's a work-study program. I teach and and you make and we learn for 40 hours in a week. And uh, about 20 hours of that is just me teaching. And then the other 20 hours is all of us working together to make products. And this week will be week three of the apprenticeship. And that means we will be doing bath crystals, sachet powders, and jack balls. Now, the jack balls, Will never be made for sale because each person's just going to make a jackball for themselves. That that takes a whole day of teaching for them to get to that point. But bath crystals and sachets we're going to be making, and um, and I hope I have my fingers crossed. We're going to shorten that line considerably. So that's the news from around here. We're doing very well, uh, burning lots of candles for clients of Missionary Independent Spiritual Church. Still working on the forum forum.luckybojo.com. Lots of new people signing up for the forum, and that's great. And um, everybody who has ever been a student, and if you're listening to this show now, live, or in the archive, if you have ever been a student, whether you graduated or not, please go to the student forum. There is a numbered and named thread with your name in it. And if you don't see it, Contact Nagashiva. We're in the process of building them up. We've got about 780 of them done out of um, 2,161 at this point. We want every student to have a thread where they can talk about themselves, what their aspirations are as professionals, and how they want to uh, take the learning that they're getting from this course onward. And I have to say, for those who don't know what I mean about my course, this isn't a course in... I need to get my boyfriend back. Can you teach me a spell? This is a course in how to be a professional reader, root worker, shopkeeper, and, um, you know, a spiritual counselor. So that's what the course is about. So if you have ever taken the course but didn't graduate, don't be upset. Don't fret. All is well. Um, Find your thread. Say hi, and we'll get you right back on track to graduating because I know a lot of people kind of, they're, they've got um, anxiety about turning in that homework. But as I tell everybody when I sign them up, this is not a professor who's going to grade you, pass, or fail. Um, this is more like a, a nice mother who's going to say, today we're making cookies. And if your cookies didn't work out the best, we'll say, well, we're going to try again make the cookies again next week because I want everyone to graduate. So if you turn in a homework that isn't up to snuff, We'll talk about it, and you're going to make the cookies again next week, and you'll get it right, and you'll go on to be a cookie maker all your own. <clears throat> so that's all I have to say. Let me introduce my co-host, Conjurman Ali. How are things down in Southern California?
2: Things get Things are, are great. Um, I can... Finally look out onto my altars and see that they're wonderfully, beautifully, cleanly organized. After several weeks of doing kind of intense cleaning, whenever fall comes around, I'm going to clean out uh, the altars. I know everyone talks about spring cleaning, but uh, fall for me is the big one. Um so now the altars are looking all nice and clean all dust is gone all residual wax has been uh, disposed of properly and it looks beautiful and it will remain that way for probably a few days before it goes back to its usual state for the rest of the year but otherwise doing quite well uh, as i mentioned last week the season of love is fully much fully in swing and doing lots of lots of kind of return to me reconciliation work Uh, drawing back uh, lovers who've gone astray and a couple uh, wayward husbands trying to make them set their uh, uh, behavior straight so to speak. But otherwise doing quite well and enjoying the work that I'm doing.
1: All right. Well, before we bring in our guest, I'm going to answer a question. Sherry the mystical goddess posted in the chat room and I just want to say thank you to all the people who join us in the chat room. She says, link the course just mentioned. And, uh, Boy, Nagashiva just jumped to it, but I can read it off. It's luckymojo.com slash H T M L. And um, that course has been going on uh, since 2003. You can sign up at any time. It's not You don't have to be in person. It's a correspondence course, but it's not an online course. It's a book. It's a 432-page book. And uh, I've recently had a lot of people tell me, oh, I thought it was online. I go, no, no, don't you see the picture of the book when you get there? And they go, no, I thought that was just a picture of a book. No, that's actually a picture of your course book. It really is a book. <laughs> so, I don't understand why people think it's going to be not a book when I say it's a book, but it's 432 pages of lessons, and, and it's a good bargain. You'll get me as your teacher for life. So uh, Sherry the Mystical Goddess, I hope you're interested, and I hope you might consider taking the course. As I said, we've had 2,161 students so far. All righty, and one of those students was Conjure Ali, and one of those students was Papa News, and one yep. of those students was my husband, Nagashiva Ironwood, and one of those students is our special guest for today, <laughs> Elvira. Hi. I was just going to say How all the members
3: doing? of <laughs> there. All of yeah. us are here, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know. Well, Alvira, it's been it's been a number of years since you've taken the course and I'm you were a professional before I taught you. I don't call you one of my baby students like some of the folks, you know. You did me the the courtesy of taking the course because you were already a professional reader and re- worker and store manager too, store owner. And oh, so you so welcome to the show. You've been a guest here before, so some will know you, some will not. So Elvira can be found online at AIR, the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, and she's got her own website, and pretty soon someone's going to put those in the chat room. Um, if you're looking her up on that line right now, you've got to remember that her name is spelled E L V Y R A. dot com. Elvira. Okay, yes. and she's yes. the only com, and you can tell by that she's been online a long time because she took a name uh, that's her own name, and not too many people can do that. All right, so Elvira, I know that um, yeah, we're going to uh, find out what's new with you, and then we're going to get to our topic, but tell me what's new with you, now.
3: Well, um, what's new with me is that coming up in, by next weekend, I will be at... Uh, the Mystic Fair, which is a six-year running um, fair that we have for two days here in Santa Rosa at the Santa Rosa um, Memorial Veterans uh, Building. And uh, it will be where readers and healers and metaphysical uh, curios and jewelry, and there's all these vendors that are going to be there. And this year, actually, it's it's the official one, but we also had one earlier this year in April to make up for the one that, of course, we had canceled because of the fires at this time last year that mm-hmm. uh, we had to kind of say, well, it's not our time to do it. But I'm really looking forward to that. So I've gone out and I've bought myself, every year I buy myself something special, witchy, whether it was going to be to be put in my house or on my porch or now it's at fairs. And I have a huge dragon. It's a skeleton dragon that, when you go by its motion sensor, the lights are red in the eyes and the red in the light for the mouth, like fire breathing, and it makes all kinds of weird noises. So, I'm going to add that to my uh, cadre of um, skeleton animals. I have a howling uh, wolf, and so my booth is going to be all kind of wooey, witchy, Halloweeny. Um, things, and I'll be doing readings there. and so people can come and see us from 10 to five, um, both October 13th and October 14th. Uh, next weekend, parking is free and so is the admission. that's free. And uh, we should be uh, really excited about it because it's always been a good attendance, but uh, I'm kind of like getting that antsy feeling now. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. Well the the Santa Rosa Mystic Fair has always been a part of Santa Rosa's occult community. And um the fire last year was a real um a uh, tragedy for a lot of people. And again, those listening far away or distant in time may not know what I'm uh talking about. Just look it up. <laughs> Santa Rosa Fire <laughs> of yeah. two thousand seventeen. It'll it's one for the history books. But um the the Mystic Fair was displaced to April, and then we took our uh, Hoodoo Heritage Festival with theirs. But they're back on their regular time now, which is October 13th and 14th. Mystic Fair. So um, we're we're glad that that's gotten itself back together again. But what a yeah. uh, confusion we had there for a while. But we wish you all the luck. And um, Elvira is one of the most popular readers in Sonoma County. And those of you who are not aware of her. And if you do live nearby, she not only reads at the Mystic Fair once a year, but she reads at Lucky Mojo, um, Mm. and she reads at um, Milk and Honey in Sebastopol. So give us your hours and times at both of those places so people can find you.
3: Okay, well, at Lucky Mojo, it would be... um Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday from 10 to 5. In my last reading, I usually take it about 4 to 4.15 because the store actually closes and it's respectful for us to, to move on. And mm-hmm. on Saturday, I'm at Milk and Honey, which is in Sebastopol, California, and on the Main Street, and I'm there from 12 to 5.30 and do walk-in readings as well as they can book me online through the Milk and Honey Bookio system um, at Lucky Mojo. it's actually through the Missionary Independent Spiritual Church website that they can book me through the Bookio system. And, of course, um, I'm on call for walk-ins as well.
1: Yeah. Well, a much-loved, very adroit, very adept tarot card reader, Elvira, and I just have to just give a shout-out um You've read for me. I love your readings. And um, you're going to be reading for some of our call-in clients today. Now, we're going to be talking about the harvest. That is our topic, and this is an appropriate time. I'm going to start off by talking a little bit about um, time zones and uh, latitudes in the world. I know I always come up with something obscure, and they're all going, time zones, latitudes, what? Um, The time of the harvest is something that every region has a different time for their harvest. Remember, the southern hemisphere, their harvest is exactly opposite of ours. But the farther north you go, the more the harvests are compressed because the summer and winter balance is is kind of compressed. And the closer you are to the tropics, the more the harvests are spread out. And the idea of a harvest becomes more like which harvest are you talking about? So we live in California, and we're about the 37th um, degree of latitude, and we have um, a number of harvests. And I'm going to just run through what we have here in California. Uh, in May, we have the harvest of the rose petals. Because we are a, a cult shop, we have to actually go out and pick hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of rose petals and dry them, right? Because we're going to be making products with rose petals. So the first thing we harvest is the rose petals. Some years we might be harvesting acacia um, flowers before then if we need to, But and they would be actually even earlier because acacia is also used in occultism. After that, we lay off. And then the next harvest that we really would have here in California where we are would be the cherries, and they're in June. And then, you know, we go away from the cherries to the, you know, apricots, whatever, and um, peaches, and this goes on and on and on. There's many, many other flowers to harvest. Things like rosemary we harvest all year round because they're evergreen and we don't have snow and they never get buried in the snow. So many things are harvestable at any time of the year that we need them. Walnut leaves are only going to be harvestable in the summer when the walnuts have leaves on them. Then coming into the uh, fall, we start to harvest um, some of the things that take a while to develop um, their leaves. And we would be harvesting, again, other forms of flowers, other forms of leaves. And the roses will put on a second crop and we'll get more rose petals. Um, We'll be harvesting uh, the walnuts when they start to fall, and they are falling right now. Um, We have to harvest thousands of walnuts because we sell nine walnuts in a bag um, for cut and clear spells, black walnut bath. We happen to have black walnuts on our property, so of course we're harvesting walnuts, and they're filling the dehydrator right now. Also, we have an imported harvest, which is the fabulous bat nuts, devil pods, whatever. We have 60 pounds of them right now dehydrating on every heater we can find in the place because we can't fit them in the dehydrator because the dehydrator is filled with walnuts. <laughs> and
4: um, Also,
1: um, in the late summer, we had the feverfew, a couple of those little flowers and things like that. Well, now we're in the walnuts and the bat nuts and, of course, uh, the apples, um, the actual apple trees on our property, which we don't sell apples, but but the apples are followed by the rose hips which are little apples themselves, and rose hips get harvested. Um, and then, oh, as we go on into fall, we're going to be having um, fewer and fewer things. The last ditch, the last things to harvest before you know the the season is over, will be a last cutting of of things like periwinkle and things like that. Now, periwinkle is evergreen, and we can actually restart reharvesting that in. Uh, January. And also in February, we'll be harvesting lemons and oranges, but we're just lucky that way. So we have a whole year's schedule of harvesting, not just, you know, bringing in the sheaves, we shall come rejoicing. It's kind of at any given time, there's something to harvest. Oh, I forgot the blackberries. Oh my gosh. Blackberry leaves all summer long and um, well worth harvesting, used in curses and um, there's always something to harvest now farther north people have things they have first harvest and second harvest often they will call that first harvest will be the um the fruits and um and probably uh, a grain of whatever grain they grow and the second harvest will be their um, stuff to store for the winter that would be like the potatoes and the um, and the pumpkins the squashes and people in Canada are now in their squash harvest i know cuz my friend aura laforest Uh, was showing pictures on Facebook of her squashes. And uh, so that's the harvest as it literally happens. But the harvest also has a meaning, the harvest of what we have sent out into the world. We plant, you know, we plow, we plant, we cultivate, we harvest. And this is true of many spells. And I want to talk just for a moment about the two kinds of spells, or the two kinds of prayers, we could call it. There's the farmer's prayer, and there's the boxer's prayer. And what we're talking about today is the harvest. And this is the person who plows and plants and then um, says their prayer, Lord or lady or whoever they pray to, Lord, send some good rain. Lord, let my plants grow. And when the harvest comes, stop raining for about four days so I can get the harvest in and not have it be wet and mold, and let me put it up safe for the winter. And that's the kind of spell that is used for gaining money and gaining love where you have no competitor. Just bring me that luck. I want some luck. I want the luck of the harvest. But there are other kinds of spells and other kinds of root work and other kinds of prayers which are prayers like a boxer would say, which is, Lord, I've trained and I've studied hard about the science of boxing and I've... I've built up my muscles and I've eaten my good strong red meat and I want to punch that other guy in the face and hit him in the head until he falls down but not dead but just let me win and that's the kind of spell that is a little more demanding because you have someone to fight against a breakup spell um, in some cases a competition spell for a promotion there's a competition going on so today we're talking about the harvest and the harvest spells which are the spells that have no competition you're only Um, doing your part, and then expecting to reap a reward. Having said that, I'm going to turn that over to Elvira. What do you have to say about the harvest? (laughs) Well,
3: um, a lot of times in the traditions that I follow, um, the harvest time is broken into two segments. There's, as you say, the first harvest, which is Lamas, and that's August 1st. And then the second harvest, which is um, the autumnal equinox, which falls on either September 20th or 21st astrologically, it's right in there. And as you know, spiritually, the idea of what you said, dividing things into different types of spells and what they represent and how you work. My sense here is that it's also our personal time as much as it's the spell time, what you put out there in spells and how you've worked hard and where you are in reaping the rewards of those spells, but it's also yourself, and that's the training part. So I can see what you're saying, Kat, and how that functions. I also see how what we do on you know, my side of you know, pagans and things of that nature, and we all have variations of that, so it's not just a general, this is what we do. Um, is also ourselves so it's a time of looking back on our year and observing what we have done and where our you know what we set out to do where we are and what we set out to do what we've harvested what we've brought in what we need to um, clear away interesting that Contraband ali was talking about clearing off his altars and that in its own right you know though springtime is you know freshening up it's also clearing out the spells we put on there, the things that we put, uh, put there to ripen and come to fruition or wither and die. And so it's, you know, taking this energy and clearing it and preparing for the fallow time for us to go within and to see what we need to do. So putting spells out at this time is, um, I would say they're quicker spells because you've already used up a lot of your, your energies. And so um, I also thought of, you know, what we would be able to work in, and you know, psychic abilities because we're coming close to Salin and the veil being thinnest at that time. So working on uh, clearing it and cleansing our psychic abilities, moving into strengthening it because we're going to open that door and walk through. So it's like segments, like a wave coming and getting ready to move it forward.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put in something here too. Um um I've just posted a link to the pagan wheel of the year at Readers and Root Workers, the air site. And this gives you the the names of all of the pagan holidays that Elvira was mentioning. And hmm. Elvira um is trained in the neopagan uh tradition and she and um Phoenix, who runs Milk and Honey in Sebastopol, have their own radio show on the Lucky Mojo Network, and that's the Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron. And this Wheel of the Year, if you if you go to the chat log um, when it's posted and click the link, or just go to um, the air page, readers and put in your search term, you know, Wheel of the Year, and you'll find Yule and Oster and Beltane. You can just click any one of them that says Category, Wheel of the Year. And this really tells you about these festivals, the Lammas, which is the first harvest, also called the bread harvest, and, um, and then the autumnal equinox, which is the um, wine harvest, the second harvest, and then Samhain, which is what's coming up, which is the last harvest, also known as the root harvest or ancestor night. And so these three harvests are celebrated throughout most of Europe, and uh, depending on how far north they go, they get more compressed in time, okay. practically. But yeah, that's a that is a wonderful um, mm-hmm. thing to consider where you are, and then with Samhain, the last harvest, the the, the root harvest or squash harvest, um, feast of the dead, that is when, as they say, the veil is thinned and communication with spirits can begin for the mm-hmm. year. I want to mention oh. that
2: in in Hoodoo, uh, I should say that well. I haven't done a lot of uh, direct work with with the harvest. Um, there is a lot of things associated with the harvest, even if it's not explicitly said so. For example, uh, harvest season for most contra practitioners is also the season in which you remake your mojo bags. Mm-hmm. A lot of the people I knew uh, growing up would remake mojo bags during the harvest season, if they worked a mojo bag all year long, that would be the time where they replace the bag, get a new flannel bag, uh, wash the or wash the uh, roots in a little bit of whiskey, re-oil them, uh, making sure your John the Conqueror, uh, for example, is really well-oiled, and kind of reworking that. And so tying your, your magic to the season is a really powerful way of working with timing. I've done work in which I start in the planting season, so basically planting spiritual seeds, if you will, for something that I desired and something that was long-term. If I wanted to make a change in my life, say I wanted to move or I wanted a new career, I would start this during planting season, and then I would aim to conclude this at harvest season. In other words, harvesting what I had planted uh, before, using the kind of seasons as a way of both timing the, the, the work that I was doing as well as giving it the kind of power it needed to be part of the kind of natural cycle of, of our planet. So uh, in terms of like root work, you'd find people doing a lot of uh, blessing type of works, abundance. This is the time to be doing working with magic, uh, working with money, and money that you can uh, you know, use in food. So uh, foods that are for abundance, foods that are for prosperity, foods that bring in wealth, all can be tied during uh, or done during the harvest season, as well as root work to keep families together. Those are the kind of two most common ones, money and love, which is why I said that the season of love has started in my professional work because the harvest brings out that energy. It brings out the desire to be together as a family. It brings out the desire to find and celebrate abundance wherever you are. So those type of, of workings and that type of root work and hoodoo and conjure is very powerful at this time of seasons, and it does get a boost because it is harvest season.
1: And if you all want to think about, if you, any of you are um, aspiring Tarot readers, and I know there are some who follow this show, get out your deck and look at the Four of Wands. Yeah. And this is a card about the harvest, about the joy of the harvest, and the offering of the first fruits. Um, you know, on this little canopy, there's flowers and fruits put up there. And it's a, it's a good card for people to think about when they think about what we're talking about. A harvest is something that is more between you and nature. And if you Mm -hmm. wanted to see the difference between what I was talking about, the farmer's prayer versus the boxer's prayer, uh, just look at the four of wands and compare it to uh, the five of swords. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) And um, that kind of will tell you what kind of spell work you're going to be doing. Could your spell work be encompassed in the scene that's shown in the Four of Wands, or would your spell work require the kind of scene that's seen in the Five of Swords where this guy has been fighting with these people and sending them away and, mm-hmm. um, and, and being a, a winner over them? And when you start to think about this, when you're doing your own spell work, you have to... Um, if you're what, Even if you're getting help from another root worker, you have to think about this in terms of what you want your root worker to do. You can't ask mm-hmm. your root worker to do a harvest spell when what you're really doing is, um, you know, sword fight them uh, down on the beach <laughs> type of spell, right? And if you're doing work for yourself and learning how to do hoodoo for yourself, this is the primary first division of all the things that you would learn in doing root work. This is the first thing you have to ask. Are mm. you competing or are you uh trying to draw in abundance?
2: I always associate the three of cups also with, with the harvest. And, of
1: course. Um, oh yes. Yeah. The three of cups. Absolutely. And it really
2: kind of talks to the celebratory uh coming together spirit of the harvest. I mean they're literally in a pumpkin patch, right? Uh, yeah. and they're dancing and they're they're raising their goblets up.
1: Yes, and and in fact, that's, that's the later harvest, right? Mm-hmm. Because they've exactly. got the pumpkins. Absolutely, very well said, uh, Ali. And I'd also add the five of wands on the other side, another competing yes. uh, card. So these things are, to me, very important as a card reader to understand um, how to tell people what root work to do. If somebody comes to me and says, well, what should I do? And i got the five of wands versus... The Four of Wands. I'd have a very different answer for them as for how they're going to handle their spell work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
4: mm-hmm.
1: Now, how about you talk a little bit about offerings, harvest offerings?
3: Harvest offerings. Well, a lot of what you wind up doing is in the tradition when you um, when you take your harvest, you offer some of the fruit of you know the grapes the uh wheat to, to nature to mother earth to your deity of whatever uh, pantheon you are that is the harvest god or goddess and bless and thank for the, the abundance of it is very very down to earth process as opposed to you know um, getting into the more complex but that's a simplistic point of reference and. If, for instance, when we are doing spell work and something comes to fruition, um, we whatever deity, whatever saint, whatever um, spiritual uh, energy pattern that you have worked with, you would offer something to them for, for assisting and creating what you have wanted and what you have gained. Um, and I know that sometimes it's flowers, sometimes it's...
4: Mm. liquor,
3: sometimes it's, you know, herbs of some sort that you would take out and go to the crossroads and do so, or in my tradition, you would go to the field. Um, obviously, taking into account um, the concept of anything poisonous, that, you would be, You know, if it's something that is for a, a fruition of something you have fought for and become the conqueror and you wish to give something please always be aware of what you're leaving at a crossroads or what you're leaving in a field isn't um, dangerous. So that some child comes by and picks it up, you know, wherever it is, they aren't hurting themselves. Because in our day and age, we have so many people in so many of the places that it's not like it used to be out in the middle of the wilderness. We just go off to a crossroads and drop it off and, you know, there you are. So, Mm -hmm. That would be how I would look at offerings for what you have gained, what you have given. You might give charity to charity things, to funds that you support, Um, you know, if there's been something health-wise that, you know, I just was out today with a dear friend of mine, and she works with uh, childhood cancer uh, people and children and survivors, and, and those have passed, and she is. She does her offering, but if you were to do an offering to the research, you know because mm-hmm. something happened in a positive, and even if that passing has taken place, the offering to make it better for someone else,
1: yeah, Papa Newt said something in the chat, and um he it's really a great statement. Papa Newt said you also can 't ask for a harvest spell when no seeds have been planted
4: a yeah, uh, boy is good.
1: that deep man that is deep um, because you have to do your part you don't mm-hmm. just um, you know you, you have to um, if you 're not just hunting and gathering <laughs> if you know what I mean <laughs> if you're actually making a harvest you you really do have to plant some seeds, cultivate your ground and um, and work with the rhythms of your abundance, whether it's in love or money. And also, I I would like to say that the idea of the offering and the, the, the donation, the charitable, the first fruits, I know many spells that don't relate to actual farming or gardening in which you put money aside and say, when I get my job, this money will go to the poor. And so it's the first fruits of your money that's being
4: mm. harvested,
1: and, and the donation goes to the poor. Well, so there's our music. Oh. And so we're going we're gonna, to um, <laughs> turn this over to Papa Newt, and um, he's going to bring on our first client, and we're going to do some readings. Our first offering.
0: The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour with your hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjure Ali, and this week's special guest, Miss Elvira, will be right back. We'll be taking calls from our uh, listeners, answering their questions through spiritual divination and prescribing down-home conjure remedies and remediation. Our calling clients are selected from among those who have filled out a short questionnaire at the Lucky Mojo form at form.luckymojo.com. You can listen to the show online through Blog Talk Radio or via telephone by dialing 818-394-8535. If you've uh, filled out a client questionnaire at the forum, please dial in now to 818-394-8535 and press 1 to let us know that you're available to be on the air. We will select callers by their area code, and if your area code is announced, we'd like you to say hello and let me, your announcer, Papa Newt, read a brief uh, description of your situation before turning it over to our host. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our first caller. And our first caller is calling in from area code 702 in Las Vegas. This is Hunter. Hunter, are you there?
2: Are you, oh,
4: hold on.
0: Sorry. <laughs> oh, boy.
4: Oh, yeah. Oh. I had two phones going up. Um, yes, I'm here.
0: <laughs> welcome to the show. Now, I do see that you have been a dedicated uh, listener and fan for five years. You know, Thank you for your support and entrusting us with your situation today. Oh, you're welcome. And let's take a look here. Now, I see with your information here, you have not had any private readings with Miss Kat Continental Lee on this situation or other ones, um, or have not gone to any other readers and root workers on the situation we're talking about today. Is that correct? That's correct. All right. And Hunter Wright. I'm going to California to get my act together. I've been dealing uh, dealing addiction issues and been struggling. My boyfriend is saying I'm afraid we won't make it through this time apart due to his insecurities because I'm 17 years younger and that he won't clean up his act as promised in my absence. Please help. Turn back to you, Miss Kat.
1: Oh, gee, Hunter. Um, I guess I have a couple of questions before i um do a reading here um, what is your sign of the zodiac
4: oh i'm an i'm an
0: Aquarius with a Virgo rising and a cancer moon.
1: oh I see what we call the watery moon um my daughter has that cancer moon very emotional very deep feeling person um oh, it's fun. <laughs> yeah <laughs> well the the water people with the water moon have great compassion for others but they cry easily too and can be taken advantage of because of it Um, now um, you you say here you're going to California to get your act together so what is going what is in California that you Um,
0: that's where I'm from I'm from the Bay Area I'm going to stay with my sister for a few weeks and um, Uh, um, go to a program.
4: And just uh, spend some healing time there.
1: I see. I understand. All right. Now, your partner. What sign is your partner?
4: He's a Pisces, um, double Libra.
1: Hmm. Um, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um. Well, that's a person who is definitely a bit more on the uh, social side. Oh yeah. And, oh, uh, yeah. He's a bartender. <laughs> Oh, a well, bartender. A <laughs> Pisces bartender. Yeah. What can we say? <laughs> and a double Libra. Ah, uh, yeah, right. Well, so that's um, someone who likes those kinds of things. And, um, all righty. Well, I'm going to, I guess what you're asking me is to do a prediction for you. I know you said you're afraid you yeah, won't make a, it. And you also said you general. want to. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm and you right also said on. you want help. You also said you want help, and that will mm-hmm. come with the root work advice at the end. Yes. I'm going to do a um, a look at this thing. So, um, card number one is a difficult card, and I and I hesitate to say that it solves the problem because it doesn't. It actually adds more um, questions here. Um, the card is the two of swords, and yeah, this that's is a, a person. Yeah. Oh, you've had this in your own readings? Uh, Yeah, I've even done an
4: art piece about it because it's been coming up so much.
1: Okay. So the Two of Swords shows a woman seated on a little bench, blindfolded with her arms crossed across her chest. She's under cross conditions. She has a sword in each hand. She's kind of defending the past, defending the future, and she's kind of immobilized and doesn't really know which way to go. The biggest message that we can give to a lady in this condition is put down your swords in other words don't arm yourself go into this um, more um, more openly take off your blindfold and don't, don't you cannot prepare for everything you just can't, it's not going to be possible but it also is a card that refers to bathing and cleansing it shows the little crescent moon over the sea which is uh, just the way it would appear in California. It's when the sea is to the west of the land, that the new moon, crescent moon, appears over the sea. And so uh, this is a a card of refreshing and renewing. California will be good for you for that. And it is a a symbol. The new moon is about, um, you know, after the darkness, there will be this time of growth and and increase. And it also recommends bathing on a regular uh, spiritual sense of bathing. Um, it's a difficult card because you probably will need some sort of um, counselor, uh, friend, helper uh, to remind you not to try to um, defend yourself. To let it let it go, let it flow. If there is some difficulty here, and but part of it is also your own anxiety and your own defensiveness is is creating some of the issue here. The next card is um, a card of renewed health. It's called the Ace of Wands. And this card is about standing straight and upright, about making your way in the world, about renewal. The little leaves are bursting out onto the wand that God holds in his hand. And when he plants that wand, it will grow. So you have a good future to look forward to. You're making the correct step for yourself. And it's um, this will be a, a turning point and can mark a turning point for you the third card is um about your partner and i guess i i i was hoping i was going to get like wow this will be totally cool it's going to be fine it's going to be fine but i'm not really getting that card i'm seeing a card that says to me you may be separated there may be something that binds you together but there is an interruption and that card is called the card of temperance Now, temperance is an interesting card because the guy's a bartender. And as you know, the temperance movement was to get away from using alcohol and drugs. And so Mm -hmm. the card of temperance means to lower your intake of intoxicants. But it also shows the angel Raphael, which is a healer. And it shows a path that comes down to the angel and then is washed away with water which is sort of similar to that bathing card. And then the path picks up again. So you are separated, but the two of you have something in common. The angel holds two cups, pours water back and forth from one cup to the other, and that would indicate that there is some connection between you that's psychic. You should certainly stay in contact as often as much as you can. There are iris flowers, and the iris flower is means communication. The, iris, the name iris means rainbow, and it's about... Um, you know, diversity in all of its glory, but it also stands for a kind of um, uh, letting the messages come from on high, letting letting the deity send down the message. And then in the end, after this washout, when you pass the angel, the path takes up again and it will go on. So there is going to be an interruption. Even if the two of you do not come back together again very quickly, you will always... Um, have some connection because this is a card of psychic connections, okay? So that's that's what I see here. It's, it's important for you to take care of yourself first. That's the first card, the most negative card. And if you've been dealing with addiction, you need to clean yourself up. Um, now, the age difference... Um, I can't really speak to that because I myself have a great age difference with my own husband, and I don't see that as a big objection, but also he needs to clean up too that's getting mm-hmm. that middle card. you both need to um you both need to work on this together and uh and apart and apart so and even if you don't see each other again um as lovers and partners there will come a time where you will see each other again, but it may be for other reasons. There's a connection. There's a link that cannot be broken. Okay, that's okay. my reading on it. So um, let me turn this over to Elvira.
3: Wow. okay. Well, okay. well <laughs> the first card that I got was the lovers. Now, obviously, we all hear the lovers, and that's, you know, like the joy of being together, but it also has the Archangel Raphael, which I find fascinating miss cat's card the temperance came up and Mm -hmm. the um sense here is that your responsibility of the team right now the two of you um is your healing uh he has his responsibility he's a grown adult he Mm -hmm. will have to follow his path but you really do need to heal because that's the energy of where you're going is healing you've made that choice you made it step in that direction and obviously for me to see the next card being the king of pentacles um this is he is there he is the older man he is sitting there um being the king of pentacles he is sort of set in his ways, and your three of swords of course is the fear of loss and the 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 anguish of broken heart that kind of tells me the beginning stages, I do a little more so than Miss Cat. I did the second part with where you are, the situation of where the relationship is, where you are as the next one. You come up as the queen of cups more because you are obviously in light of healing and your emotions are right up front. And as you pointed out, being a cancer uh, moon, the watery, clear, mm-hmm. you know, that energy Um you fight with your mind, which is the Five of Swords, the fighting of what you're doing, and you, you are really concerned that by moving back the Four of Swords, by moving away that which you have been accustomed to, um, which is the old comfort zone, um, will change. And so there's a war between your emotions and your mindset. But the end result really is you become the... Um, the king of swords, which is the higher value, your sun sign, the, the air, Aquarius' is air. So you move into your kingship being able to have gone into the depths of your moon, the, which is the card there, the moon. And um, your experience with this gentleman, um, I would say, is going to be separated because his response to cleaning up is the tower at this point. Um, that mm-hmm. doesn't mean he can't, but what you are doing is you need to clean yourself up and you need to go into that. And the, the, the aspect that Ms. Kat pointed out that you might not be seeing each other, when you clean up, it is imperative that you do not go back into your old pattern and some of that is not to go back to the people that you were part of an old addiction pattern. And if he hasn't been able to clean up, and that mm-hmm. automatically presents you with either you fall back into your old pattern or you, you move on. But there is a connection between the two of you, no matter what goes on. And I feel that your time away, coming to family, coming home, coming to the harvest time of coming home, is really important for you to be able to move yourself into to health and yeah. I'm not giving it as a negative that it will never, ever, ever, ever be together because that's way too far in our futures to really get to. But I feel that there is a time of separation here, and you need to go into yourself, and you will come out of it clean, whole, sober, and strong. Wow.
1: Wow. Yeah. So these are similar. Um, I focused on you primarily Thank you, Elvira, for focusing also on the partner. Well, thank you
4: very much. And
1: yeah, and I'm sorry that that's not the most, um, like, you know, wow, it's all going to work out because it's a little. That's a pretty grim reading there on him. The tower, uh, and let's you know not put too pretty a face on it. The tower means that he may uh, not be able to reform his own life. He's been at it longer mm-hmm. than you. It's more a part of his customary life. How old are you, hon? Oh, I'm thirty. You're thirty. Yeah, I'm. I that that's good. That's a big difference. That's a big difference. And uh, well, let's turn this over to. I mean, it, a big difference where he is at in his life cycle. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Because if he is still struggling with addiction issues at the age of whatever forty-seven, um, he may be um, have had permanent. Um, a realignment of his molecules i'm not, i'm not, I'm not saying, what realignment of his chakras and realignment of his molecules realignment of his of his bodily organs an addiction mm-hmm. carried on that long if you were 17 and and he was 34 i'd say okay cool but this is a little bit different you see you're 30 and he's 47 it's not the difference in age it's how long he's been in that place mm-hmm. i'm going to turn this over to um to uh Contraband Ali and he's gonna give you some root work.
2: Okay. Yeah, thanks Kat and thanks uh, Ms. Elvira. I think your your situation is one where um you want to focus on, on healing yourself. You're also gonna you're also coming out of your Saturn return, your thirty. Um oh, I so know. this yeah. is this is a time period that that Actually works quite well for what you're trying to do, which is to get yourself in a better place. We, I often tell people that are going through their Saturn return that this is the time to take a step back and focus on the self. That it's the time, you know, breaking habits, breaking uh, things that have been holding you back, dealing with debt, dealing with the past, whatever. That is perfect for kind of Saturn return. But there is one thing: Saturn return is about focusing on the self. Because you are limited in some regards. Saturn return places boundaries on us, places restrictions on us. And the key is not that, oh, this is a period of trouble and I've got to just suffer through it. It's a period of learning to work within those boundaries and restrictions. And one of those boundaries and restrictions is our capacity to help other people is limited to some degree because you're dealing with your own ish. Saturn return is about finding your own foundation first before being able to expand outward. And in many ways, Saturn is associated with the harvest. So this is all mm-hmm. kind of tied together. Um, so what I'm, I'm going to do is I'm going to give you some root work two parts one to help you heal and the other to keep a psychic connection with this person now you can choose because the reading uh, didn't offer as much like oh it's all gonna turn out great though this root work can help to create the connection between the two of you and keep it strong should you choose that because you said you you know he's insecure on his end but you're It sounds like you're not as insecure about you two, uh, relationship-wise, I should say. But the root work is also one where if you say, okay, he's going down the wrong path. I'm now in a better place, and I can't go down that path. You can then remove it. You can move on from it. So this is why I'm giving you the work that I'm doing. Let's start off first. Get yourself a pair of matching jewelry. This can be bracelets. This can be a necklace. Something that is, uh, you know, nice and that he'll wear and that you'll wear. Okay, this is uh, important. That it's not just something that he just casually will throw on a desk. But it should be something that he likes and that he'll wear and that you'll like and you'll wear. Uh, have sex together and gather sexual fluids from both of you together from that moment. As you're having sex, it's important to keep it, that it should be intentional, that you are doing this to create and foster that connection between the two of you. Okay? Once you've we've gotten the used sexual fluids, uh, the sexual fluids, you can get this on a towel, I want you to get Love Me powders and create two linked circles with the, the powders like a Venn diagram so that they should overlap with one another. And you just take the powder and on, on a surface that you dedicate to this work. You're going to sur- create one circle, and you're going to create another circle, uh, uh, overlapping it, creating this kind of Venn diagram. You will need enough space in the overlap that you can place a candle holder. Okay. okay. Once you've set this up, I want you to take uh, star anise, rose petals, and Cuba berries and grind these up nice and fine. Get yourself an, uh, an incense charcoal, uh, light that, place it on a the sensor, thurible, etc. Place it at the top of the circle outside of the two circles. Sprinkle your mixture on it and let the smoke kind of waft up. Place the candle holder in the middle with a pink candle that you've inscribed with your name and anointed with a Love Me oil. You are going to take the two jewelries, anoint them with your sexual fluids. You are going to then smoke them in the incense as you pray, and then place them in their respective circles, one in one circle, the other in the other circle, so that the candle is between them, joining together, and the incense is at the top. Pray over this entire setup. Do this over three days, lighting three candles, and uh, putting in fresh incense. On the third day, you can take all the used um, uh, wax, leftover wax. You can take all the... um, incense, ash, all of the powders, and bury them in your front yard. Give one jewelry to him and one eat for yourself. Should things not work out, all you have to do is dispose of your jewelry to end the connection. But if you want to keep the connection alive, so long as you have this, the jewelry on both of you, you will have that connection. For yourself, what I want you to do, and this you should do this before you actually leave for the bay, brew bay leaves basil and althea into a tea. Add some drops of Florida water and wash yourself with this fully. As you are leaving, literally traveling, whether it's to the airport or whatever, you're going to take the used bath water and sprinkle it at a crossroads in the old city before you go to the bay so that you are leaving whatever you've taken off in the city as you leave. When you arrive you are, I want. What I want you to do is take a piece of paper and write Psalm 49 on there. Dust with healing powders and keep in your wallet. Whenever you feel down, read this psalm out loud, especially verse 15. But God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave, for he shall receive me. Selah. That's what I would recommend. Wow.
1: Wow. <laughs> That was it, man. (laughs) And we got it all in the chat room. All right. Thank you, Ollie. That was some tight root work. All right. Now we're going to go back to Papa Newton. We're going to take our next reading.
0: Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com. And by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our next client. And our next client is calling in from Area Code 510 in San Francisco. Uh, this is Aaron. Erin, are you there? Yes, I am welcome to the show i see that uh, you've been listening to us for a a few months and this is your first time calling in thank you for entrusting us with your situation this evening thank you and i see here that you have not had any private readings with miss cat or contramental lee or have gone to any other readers and root workers on this particular situation is that correct
4: yes that's correct
0: certainly. And we had to do a little editing on your uh, uh, posting for uh, on air readability. And Erin Wright, I am a 4.0 GPA student, and I've been pursuing a formal uh, 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 process with a professor. Uh, She denied me accommodations for my disabilities during a midterm lab practical and and screamed at me in front of my peers when I tried to talk to her about it, causing me significant uh, distress as a result. I discovered that I am not the first disabled student this teacher has harassed, and uh, department chairs seem to believe the, that um, adjuncts uh, don't need to follow state-slash-federal disability laws. I want to find out what the outcome will be and if I should sue the school to ensure my accommodations are taken seriously in the future. Turn it back to you, Ms. Kat.
1: Wow. Okay. So you you have not yet filed a grievance? Is that what we're hearing?
4: Um, I'm just um, in the informal process with the dean right now.
1: Okay. Wow. Well, you know, this is hard because even if – I just have to say something here about being the one who takes a stand. You know, um, sometimes it's easier just to get over it and move on, but there's Mm -hmm. also something very valuable in being the one who takes the stand for all who come later. And so part of me, and I'm just a natural fighter, part of me says, well, of course you should take a stand but on the other hand the one who takes the stand can be uh you know damaged discounted and have problems because mm-hmm. hey you were the one who showed them their asses so to speak so there's um there's a lot of to be said for um what Shiva called clearing the way for those who are coming later but there's also your own career to think about and this is a this is a tough question now um, interesting enough, we we have uh, Ali here who's going to do your first reading. Who is an academic and has dealt with the academic world much more than I have. And Elvira is also an academic, so I'm just going to come along with the work. <laughs> but I'm I am going to ask you, what is your sign of the zodiac? Um, I'm a Gemini with a Capricorn moon and a Sagittarius rising. Wow, interesting. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah. all right. Um, Ali, take it away.
2: Yeah, thanks, uh, Kat. And I, I gotta say, uh, you know, Gemini may not always be very like I'm gonna fight for this, uh, or or they're a little bit more go with the flow. But the Capricorn and Sagittarius in you, for sure, has the the you know the strength to stand up for injustice. From just a purely uh, institutional point of view, as Kat mentioned, I'm an academic. I teach at a university level. Um, first, adjuncts don't have a lot of institutional backing. They are basically seasonal contractual workers with no tenure or whatnot, so I'm quite surprised. Um, it's possible that the dean is, is or the, the chair of the department, because of the kind of tenuous position of, of the adjunct, is kind of siding with them. But all universities, as far as I'm aware, all universities have accommodations for disabilities. They have a specific office usually dedicated, an Office of Disability Services, disability accommodations in which uh, professors are told that they can contact and they will help professors to accommodate students in a variety of different ways, whether that means giving the exam uh, to the office and you need more time to do it, or whatever accommodation you need, reasonable accommodation, the university is capable of doing so. Um, does your university have such an office?
3: Yes, and that's where the accommodations came from in the first place, is that office. Right
2: and And she denied the office's accommodation exactly wow, okay, that's a really yeah, this is a that's a wow, my mind's kind of blown a little bit on this because it, especially for an adjunct to do something like that, it's kind of bizarre well. The good news is you can easily win this, and it's funny that Kat said take a stand because one of the cards is very much a bad thing. The very first card I have is the page of wands, and the page of wands is going to be your helper. This is a person who measures and looks out and decides what is the best course of action. This is the plotter, and we don't mean the plotter in a negative sense—a person who plots against other people. We mean the plotter in a literal sense. They literally plots out land. He's also known as a a geomancer or or a person who deals with geography. So it's very much a person who is in the planning stage. So find yourself this ally. This may be an advocate in the distance themselves who can assist you. This might be an outside advocate. Uh, This person will likely be younger, but they will be um, a very – you know, fierce advocate on your part. This is a person who's not doing this as just a career, but genuinely feels passionate about this particular issue, is disability rights, uh, advocacy uh, in this particular matter. So look for this person. This person um, will likely themselves be a fire sign uh, where find it? This person is going to be an ally. This is a physical ally, not a sort of spiritual ally. You're not calling upon spirits aid. You you'll do that as well. But this is a person who will actually be your advocate in this matter. Don't just go in it alone. And the reason I say this is that institutions recognize that they are powerful and they will try to 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 seem like they're accommodating you, but won't make any true substantial changes. This is why universities and any any other kind of institution maintain their power. You know, they'll try to intimidate mm-hmm. you, and even if they're not intimidating you outright, they'll make it seem like they're accommodating. So come in with someone mm-hmm. who's a fresh pair of eyes who's going to stand with you so you don't feel alone. This is important because the next card is the Seven of Wands. This is the stand your ground, as Miss Cat quite psychically put it. Um, this is a person who's standing their ground on the top of a hill with a staff in their hands, and they're fighting off other people who are attacking them. So this is not going to be an easy battle. It is a righteous one and one which uh, you have cru- certainly the power to take on as long as you have the right allies and you have the right people on your side. Don't do this alone, otherwise you'll fall into a stalemate. But this is very much a, a card of taking that stand, of fighting for what is right even against all odds. Um, you should, this is one where uh, you, should, you should do it and you are able to And the outcome, interestingly enough, is the six of wands. So what we have is three wands card, literally showing us the kind of path that you'll take. You have the ally, you do the battle, and then after the battle is the march of victory. Um, uh, This also tells us a little bit about the type of root work you should do, Um, probably a lot of fire stuff. Uh, because we have wands, all three wands showing up. The Six of Wands is a victory march. It is a triumph in which the victor is riding on a horse, and they have a staff in their hands, and a wreath at the top of the uh, staff. And the wreath is often representative of academic achievement. So you are a great student. You will benefit academically. Don't worry about that. You will graduate or whatever it is you, you, you are trying to do, but you will also be victorious in this battle. Your allies will stand with you and you will help change the institution for the better so that no one else has to deal with what is very clearly uh, an injustice. So the cards are very positive in this matter and I do sense that you can do quite well. That is my reading. I'm going to turn this over to Michelle Vyron to see what further insights that she can uh, provide you. Thank
3: you so much. Okay, so um, I have the four of pentacles, which to me is standing your ground without standing your ground. It means stay stationary. Do that which you need to do um, and hold on to your values of what you feel is right. Um, Interesting is that you have the justice card, which, I mean, says it all. Mm. It is justice, balance. It is also um, Libra and, of course, you've got the negotiations you need to realize that the the suing of the process may be um not necessarily the first stand that you take but it is a negotiation and the king of cups is i mean the, the knight of cups i apologize is the offer of help so reaffirmation of countryman ali's um part of needing an ally a real advocate within the circumstance and Interesting enough is that you have the emperor. The emperor in um, in all essence is government, is the actual governmental agencies for disability, for the dynamics. It's not you know, like, oh, we'll have a little office over here and we'll make sure we stay in compliance. We're talking about getting that dynamic involved. So the helper will, in my opinion, be someone that you will find from a government agency, someone who will actually have A lot of power to move forward on that. You, outcome wise, really is good. Ace of Wands, which to me represents um, success, obviously, of what you're doing. I suspect you'll take at least one season, if not till spring, as this is a card with flowers and butterflies. And, you know, to me, that's kind of like either a seasonal aspect of three months. My feeling is Mm -hmm. closer to springtime. Ten of Swords, love this card, because even though it's got a guy stuck with ten swords in his back, which means putting an end to the whole process that you have been um, taken advantage of and humiliated and all that, it shows a sunrise in the back. So something that ends, but with a new beginning and the wisdom of the owl coming forward. And I feel that this process will take time, but it will produce results. And in the end, the rebirth process comes, the opening up, the, the flowering again. So, and most especially for you specifically, your card is the Nine of Pentacles, which is an empowered woman. So whatever you're doing will will further empower you and thus others who have been in the same plight. So. You are the forerunner for this, and I'm a Sag, so I have a sun sign and So I'm like looking at you, going, "Yeah, that's the right card." <laughs> so there you go. You. Wow, wow.
1: Well, that, those are some very interesting cards, and um, they turned out to be very favorable. Um, but they do show that there is you do need an ally. Both readings showed a um, a physical. Uh, advocate, helper, ally, um, who, in my opinion, noting what those two cards were, you might want someone who has had some experience with this um, outside of your um, uh, college or university. In other words, someone who is actually, you know, get in the network of advocates is what I'm trying to say. But you can make a difference for those who come after is definitely what we're seeing here. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm going to um, put up some ideas. And um, Ollie mentioned that most, all three of his cards were wands, and um, that would indicate in his mind some candle burning or fire sign work. I'd even go so far as to say... Um, Any kind of work with fire would be good because we're seeing that you need to literally light a fire under them.
4: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So
1: many people consider incense to be a mark of air, but of course incense is burning. It's just smoldering. So I'm going to um, uh, consider that you should make a trinity of candles and um, to draw to you the helper, and then when you get the helper in, and when the grievance is filed, and when it goes on, then I'm going to have you go to a quaternity or four candles, and that will be road opening to to open the road. So, and there was something else that I want to mention too, and why I got to where I did. When Elvira had the justice card, that is a card called. She said negotiation. It is a card of rebalance and not punitive pursuit, and so if you think you're going to get them to you know, give you the you know, $50,000 for, for embarrassing you or making, harming you or whatever, that isn't what you should be pursuing. You should be pursuing balance, rebalance. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. So um, the three uh, candles that I would choose to use, you could use vigil lights, but I'm going to just suggest three small candles. And they could be um, beeswax, they could be yellow candles, they could be white candles. Some people would say orange for communication. I want you to dress those three candles and put them in a triangle formation. In the middle of that triangle, you're going to lay down all of the paperwork that you have, uh, that you're working on for your formal grievance. Um, Also pictures of the uh, person who was the the problem person, anything that relates to this case. And I want you to uh, dress the candles with the following oils. I want you to dress them with mercury oil, which is for communication. Mm -hmm. I want you to dress them with King Solomon Wisdom for a wise decision on the part of the uh, administrators, and also court case, which is kind of your backup if this has Mm -hmm. to go to court, so it will. Okay. And you're going to lay those papers down, and you can uh, dust them if you want to with the same... Uh, names that I mentioned as oils you could use those as powders as well and you dust the back of the powders and um, you can also draw the triangle out between the three um, candles with a mixture of deer's tongue herb um, and um, maybe some grains of paradise and you can also if you wish to instead use three vigil candles and you could um, put those oils in them and then sprinkle deer's tongue in And uh, grains of paradise in them, or you could make what we call rolled candles, where you can take and melt some wax on a cookie sheet, and um, and then uh, roll the uh, sprinkle the deer's tongue herb, you know, chunk it up real fine, Mm -hmm. and the grains of paradise, and then roll the candles in them. So any old way you got, that's what you got. You're going to do. I don't advocate that only one way can be done. They can all be combined if you want. And your prayer is going to be. uh, psalms number thirty five and um psalms number thirty five is to have your cause be pleaded and um and that you will be the winner in that in this case. The person who is your advocate, if you can get them. To, if It depends on what kind of person they are. If you can get them to touch a little bit of one of these oils with, with your hand or whatever it might be, that's so much the better. If you can't, you can't. I had one friend who took a case into court on behalf of somebody, but that when they, of course, they hired a lawyer, she was just a witness. And um, she got the lawyer involved, and the lawyer ended up putting court case oil behind his ears and went into court and, and won a jack of <laughs> millions of dollars. So sometimes lawyers will, will get involved in these things. Sometimes they won't. Okay, as the thing then comes to the point where you are beginning to have some motion, some movement, when when you feel that um, the and you can repeat this triangle by the way, but when you get to the uh, I mean you can do it once a week for instance, but when you get to the point when there is going to be a hearing or something, I want you to change to a quaternity. Of candles, and these are the road openers. And you're going to dress the, the you can dress them the same way, but add road opener oil. You can just dress them plainly with road opener oil. And you're going to move them out from the center. And you're going to say, as my roads are opened, so will roads be opened for everyone. And this is important to me because it's saying I'm not doing this just for myself. This isn't about me and my grade point average. This is about this particular person. Now, you can get a photo of that person and kind of sweep them before the candles. As the candles move outward from the crossroads, you start with them all four close, and you move them out, out, out. You can push that other person to the the farthest reaches and burn their picture and say, this adjunct must go, must either reform or go. And you can take those ashes and blow them at a crossroads. I like to complete any kind of spell like this by saying, my light shines for all others in need. And so when you do this quaternity of candles, the four candles, and you and the roads are open, I, I want you to think about all others, you know, that come after you to this institution and how much better it will be now that you have pioneered this. It's a difficult path to pioneer it. And and yet, and if you only make it be for yourself and then they say, well, we'll make an exception for you, it won't help anybody mm-hmm. else, you see. And so the... the the bothersome, burdensome person, the person who stands in the way, you can singe their paper their 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 uh, business card, their photo, whatever, singe it and put it out, singe it and put it out, hoping that they will become um, more adjustable if they don't you're going to burn it up completely the ally, the people who is who is your your advocate and ally, and anybody who you think in the administration who will turn to be your ally, those people do not burn their pictures. Okay. So I hope this was have helped you. And it's a it's a complex working, but it's going to be, take you months to get this thing together. I believe. Okay. All righty. Well, thank you very much, and for bringing us that. Now we're we're going to go to our um, announcement. And uh, after that, there's going to be much, much more.
0: The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Condraman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30, The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, five to six. Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse. Fridays, four to five. And The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay Fridays, six to seven. All times specific Add three hours for Eastern. Sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for a free spell segment with Miss Elvira of elvira dot com in Santa Rosa, California. Take it away, Miss Elvira.
3: Oh, goody. It's my favorite time. <laughs> um, I have actually part A Part B. Um, I wanted to do something with the psychic vision since obviously we're in a position where we're coming closer now after harvesting and moving through the harvest time into the time where the veils are thinnest. So it's kind of a combination of, you know, getting yourself tuned up. And the first thing would be is... um, one of the things you need to do is replenish now that you've you know gone ahead and and done all your work and and all of that, and here you are at the harvest time and this is for those of us who love coffee. Um, if you brew a strong cup of coffee and just smell the aroma, the coffee aroma is a, a stimulant, but it replenishes. It's something that um, I didn't even think about as i tend to drink a a coffee during the times that i am doing readings and now i i kind of went ah when i did some more research and if you don't drink coffee you can hopefully you'll like the smell of the actual burnt the aroma of the grounds on the charcoal now that's part a part b is more for actually doing the psychic work to kind of like tune yourself up so you replenish Now you tune yourself up, you get mugwort tea, you brew mugwort tea, you drink this tea, you get a bowl of water, you light a candle in such a way that there is a mirror behind it, the candle and the bowl of water and what you do is you start to scry in the water. You let the energy of the mugwort tea infuse you and you start to scry and you start to feel this energy Start to move, and you'll start to tune your vibration of your psychic um, intuitions, and you might see things. And, and obviously, this is a time for you to start re- realigning. And um, the last thing is a little mojo bag or spell bag that has some mugwort in it, some anise seed, and, um, and a uh, labradorite. It's uh, specifically to help. Uh, cleanse and clear and balance your energies and you put it all together and you put it under your pillow and you sleep with this during the time from now through Samhain and in that time frame so that you are taking all this energy and making it into the dream time
1: wow i'm gonna I'm gonna jump in on here on Aniseed. I'll tell you something aniseed is an amazing uh, psychic uh, seed. I don't care for mugwort. I'm probably told everybody in the world I'm allergic to it. But um, I will say that um, aniseed is fantastic. Um, labradorite is this bizarre shimmery stone. I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's it's chatoyant. It's amazing. And um, it makes a fantastic scrying stone also, and it's very very much attuned to psychic visions. It's a beautiful thing to use. Um we sell um small pieces of it and we sell spheres of it. It's never cheap. Labradorite is never cheap, but it is really um an amazing stone if you want to scry. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, I'm going to ask you a a a question here. Uh, oh, Alchemical Artisans Hour, thank you, in the chat room. She said, because I was just going to ask the question. I said, what about people like me who are allergic to mugwort? And she already answered it. She goes, blue vervain and hops. <laughs> and also Wormwood is another and, one. Well, worm, ah, Wormwood is the same as mugwort to me. She's I know, I know. It's I another know. artemisia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but Wormwood, if you can get it, a lot of people like that. Yeah. Thank you, um, Alchemical Artisans Hour. Um that's a good one, and um <laughs> <laughs> boy, she read my mind um,
3: there you go.
1: yeah, and um, and then another thing that um I like about what you just said, which is to to make a mojo bag to carry for with you for psychic vision, that's a very small little bag. you can put that what, what, she, what Alvaro what Alvara just described is nothing giant, it's just a few little things, and you can put them. In a leather bag. I find that that's useful. Anise retains its smell for a long time, and that bag will actually have a bit of fragrance to it. Um, I might also add with the coffee, I happen to like a brand of biscotti called nonis Nonis biscotti. Oh yeah. Yeah. And they they are the the ciocolati variety is made with chocolate and aniseed. And it's it's the best psychic readers biscotti. You have my endorsement, Nonis <laughs>
3: <laughs> I I second that. I second that.
1: Yeah, but you want the ones with the anise in them. There also is in the book Hoodoo Food, there's a recipe for anise cookies
3: uh-huh. that was made
1: by my uh, my grandmother, made them for my grandfather. They were his favorite cookie. And I think she had to learn how from his mother um, – and they are uh, they're dream cookies. You make them, and they have to sit out overnight before you bake them. And the night while they're sitting out, the whole house smells like anise, and you will have psychic dreams.
4: It's uh-huh. True, I've been there,
1: done that. Um, really, really amazing anise seed drops or cookies, very little light, little cookies. How about you, uh, Contra Manali? Can you add anything to this?
2: I have I have nothing to add. All, all I can do is I uh, had another witness to say that aniseed really is kind of a underrated psychic power. I think everyone thinks of mugwort and wormwood, but really aniseed has such powerful psychic and dream capabilities. That it, it really is a go-to.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it is um, it is spectacular, and it's so funny because people think, well, geez, just aniseed. I mean, what's the bit? But it's really strong. It is, it is an strong. amazing psychic thing. Um, and I'm going to tell you what my what my grandmother told me. See, because the anise cookies, when you make them, and they stay out overnight, and you're going to have these dreams, she wouldn't just grind up anise seeds in a coffee grinder. She had coffee grinders. The anise seeds had to be rolled in your old pillowcases. Um, and this is probably some Jewish folk magic, not the pillowcase you were going to use. This was an old pillowcase. Um, mm-hmm. She preferred baby pillowcases. After the babies grow up, you save the baby pillowcases, and you put the anise seeds in the pillowcase, and then you roll your rolling pin, your wooden rolling pin, over this on a wooden, uh, you know, pastry board and you roll and roll and roll and then you take all those crushed anise seeds that you've been rolling and inhaling <laughs> and you use them to make the cookies so it's quite an elaborate process and yet you have really inhaled a lot of anise when you're done <laughs> yeah pretty amazing i love jewish folk magic it's got all these crazy little tricks in it well that was a wonderful thing and i, and I got to talk about my favorite cookies um so um, thank you very much, Elvira, for being our guest, and thank you for bringing these these wonderful ideas of the harvest and the thinning of the veil. Um, we're going to turn this over to Papa Newt. He's going to read the announcement at a leisurely pace today because I'm not going to make him have to rush. And then we're all going to come back and we're all going to say a goodbye later. So let's take it away, Papa Newt. Uh Uh-oh, where is Papa Newt? Uh Uh-oh, we have no Papa Newt. We can just walk. (laughs) <laughs> oh, my goodness.
0: I, double double mute. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, thank okay, there you, Miss Kat and Oli, and thank you, Miss Elvira of Elvira.com in Santa Rosa, California, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Group Workers will be Mama E of ContraDoctor.com in Los Angeles, California. Bringing us to the topic on stressful survival magic. Once again, we come to an end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Hooper Nero brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Cario Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjure LV LD at theConjureMan.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Papa New, joining you from PapaNew.com in Omaha, Nebraska. The Lucky Majo Zoodoo Loover Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 16 Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive dot HML. For all of us at Lucky Majo, I'd like to say thanks for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you'll hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band play in the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>
1: okay, Goodbye. And everybody, bye. remember the, the Mystic Fair <laughs> in Santa Rosa, October right. 13th and 14th, 2018. Um, it's Elvira's going to be there with her skeletal dinosaur, folks. Her skeletal yeah. dinosaur. <laughs> Actually, it's a
3: skeletal dragon, but it's okay. There's still <laughs> oh, <a> skeletal dragon. <laughs> dragon. Oh, I'm
1: so sorry. How could I have? Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm be just such a Taurus. So, so
3: right <sighs> now. I think he's gowling.
1: <laughs> ah, okay. The skeletal uh, dragon. dragon. Yeah. It's at www. Santa Rosa Mystic Fair. com admission is free. Come on out and have a good time. All righty, time to say good night. Good night.
2: Good night, though. Good night.